All right, bang, back with the sports uh, section of this. Uh, Margantuality, take it away. So what would you say is the biggest story in sports right now? In sports, uh, I don't know if it would still be, but the women's uh, national team, maybe. Oh, you think so, really? I don't well, know. I, actually, I, haven't, I don't know anything that's happening in sports right now. Actually, you're probably right with the women's national team. We weren't planning on talking about this, but – you sent me a good video the other day that about the equal pay lawsuit they filed. Oh yeah. Maybe paraphrase that really quick. It's total bullshit, and that the women were actually paid more than the men in the time period that covered the lawsuit. <laughs> but their are their argument was that if they had the same contract that the men had, they would have made more than they did. But basically, they that. signed. They knowingly ch- chose to sign a contract with guaranteed pay rather than incentive based because they don't make as much from their clubs. And yeah. then after the fact, because they won the World Cup and they would have made more, they were mad about it, so they sued. It's, it was like the biggest bullshit ever. That's just, that's pretty, that seems to be pretty standard fare for their uh, arguments recently. Yeah. Well, I'm disappointed you didn't mention conference realignment, because I think that's a pretty big story. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It probably actually is. I mean, it's it's way more impactful to, like, way more people i would say right like because it's it's basically the entire landscape of college football right and just like sports in general i guess yeah because it's not just wins and losses it's how the sport is actually structured i mean i can't say like the pro leagues realign their teams often when i was a little kid i was a san francisco 49ers fan they're in the nfc west let me tell you who was in the NFC West with the San Francisco 49ers. The New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and uh, I think there was I think there was the Carolina one Panthers. Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina 49ers in the NFC West in like the early mid 90s. But nobody cares when they realigned because in the NFL nobody roots for their division if you're if you as you as a ravens fan if the the steelers open with the 49ers are you going to be rooting for the steelers to represent the afc north no i'm rooting for them to lose yeah but that's what's different about college is there's conference pride in a way and that's kind of the thing about the main reason why i prefer college sports is the regional aspect of it and if you look at, say, if you look at Cal Berkeley's roster, I think they have a 100-man roster. It might be 120, including walk-ons. I would guarantee you 80% of their team is from California. And most of them are from, like, Northern California. And a lot of them are from high schools that I've played against or have heard of. Oh, and so, yeah. so if, you know, for example, if Cal beats Texas or something, like they did at home, or they beat – Tennessee at home, a game that I went to one time, it really is, hey, our Northern California athletes versus your Tennessee athletes. Yeah, yeah. 49ers play the Titans. Hey, awesome, Brock Purdy from Iowa State, from Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Playing Ryan Tannehill from, I mean, he went to Texas A&M. Texas I don't know A&M, yeah. But it, it, it doesn't represent the city at all in the way that college does, which is why I've always preferred 
college sports. Um, so, but I mean, there are exceptions like, you know, like the number one and number two draft picks this year, Bryce Young and uh, CJ Stroud were both from Southern California, but they didn't, they didn't play in the Pac-12 footprint. Yeah. But anyways, I want to talk about the demise of the Pac-12 because yeah. at, at this point, the conference is done. And let me just make clear, this has nothing to do with the success of the teams or the conference. It has all to do with money. So can I, like, throw some stats at you? The Pac-12 has won 553 national championships across all of NCAA, which is 254 more than the next conference. So think about that. That's a lot. I mean, literally doubled up the second. Is that since, like, the beginning of the NCAA? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Pac-12 has been around for, I think, or, you know, some iteration of it for 108 years. So oh, wow. if you were to list the schools with the most titles in NCAA history, you have Stanford number one at 134, UCLA number two at 121, USC number three at 112, and then Texas at 55. Texas. So there's a huge, a huge drop off. And then if you look at the top 20, you know, UC Berkeley's in there with 42, Oregon 34. So it's not just the top three. Um, so the, the Pac-12 has had a ton of success and it's not just that it's, it's in particular, the Olympians. So they've had over 1,500 Olympians and they had, for example, at the last Olympics, they had 108 medals, Pac-12 athletes. So the Pac-12 is extremely successful. Um, and then you can say, okay, well, those are sports nobody cares about. Okay. Well, the preseason coaches poll for football just came out a couple of days ago. There's five Pac-12 teams ranked in the top 25. The Big the Big Ten, which basically started all this, only has four, despite the fact they have more teams than the Pac-12. And it's the same thing that happened last year. Last year, the, the Big Ten finished the year with three ranked teams, and the Pac-12 had five. So the Pac-12, okay, you could say, well, they didn't get anyone in the playoff. Okay, awesome. The Big Ten got two teams in the playoff. And how did that work out? They both lost. They got rocked. Yeah. And, I mean, the year before, Michigan – so Michigan got in two straight years. They lost to Georgia by 50 or something. So what does it even matter? It's kind of like the Big 12. So in the history of the playoff, the Big 12 has as has one playoff victory. And same for the Pac-12. Oregon won. Um, and you know, Oklahoma used to always get in and they get destroyed by LSU and things like that. So why does it even matter? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think the sad part is that it all has to do with money and the PAC 12 has the worst fans in the country because on the West coast, people just have better entertainment options than people in other parts of the country. So that's all that it boils down to. Um, but I guess let me ask you this: Do you consider yourself an ACC fan still, or do you not care anymore because Maryland's in the Big Ten? I just don't even care. Okay. Well, that disappoints me because I remember when. I mean, I, you used to, you I used to like Maryland wasn't in the Big Ten. Like, fuck that. Well, I guess you're a perfect example. So, if Maryland was still in the ACC, would you watch March Madness and root for the ACC? Probably, yeah. And that's that's like the whole point here is that this isn't what fans want. It's not Nobody not wants, at all. 
nobody wants this. Nobody on the West Coast wants the Pac-12 to fall apart. Think about your average, you know, person from Indiana or Minnesota. Do you think they want LA teams in their conference? Do you no, think that they? What are they do doing? They, do you think that people from the Midwest look fondly on LA? No, they think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think people from, you know, Iowa think people on the left coast play, you know, Smash Mouth football? Do you think that that represents their conference and their brand of football and their brand? Yeah, they think they're a bunch of like uh, soft uh, throw it up and let them try to get interference calls or catch like. They're just like, oh, it's off finesse. Exactly. And this, uh, on the other side, too, you know, if you're from the West Coast, most people consider the Midwest flyover states that don't align with them politically, philosophically, morally. You know what I mean? There's huge cultural differences here. Yeah. Um, even within the schools themselves that people don't really think about, like, you know, for example, it, the Pac-12 almost almost became the Pac-16. Do you remember that? And yeah. so in 2011, when I think it's 20 when Larry Scott became commissioner, I thought it was Congress. definitely going to happen too. So it didn't happen because Texas wanted their own Longhorn network, so yeah. they wouldn't sign over their branch of rights. But for example, there were real problems with say the Pac-12 presidents keeping Baylor in their conference as a Baptist university. That's very you know, evangelical and religious. That's not oh, going to yeah. fly with UC Berkeley or Stanford. Oh, so okay. there, like, there, there's even within the conference, besides the fans, there's cultural, big cultural differences. And like, the academics are like overall pretty much the best conference. Yeah. So th if you look at academics, obviously Ivy Leagues are number one. Pac-12 is number two. It's it's, yeah, it's not even close. I... But yeah, like I actually looked it up the other day. I mean, USC is ranked just the same as Michigan. They're tied. I think it was 25 or something like that. Oh, wow. In the U.S. News academic rankings. You know, UC Berkeley and, and, and UCLA are, are up there. Stanford's, you know, top five. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to argue that Arizona, Arizona State are good schools, but Washington's a good school. I think Oregon's okay. Oregon. Oregon's you know, okay. Yeah, and, but Washington in particular is actually pretty solid. Um Ultimately, the problem with the Pac-12 is that, you know, there really was a lot of um, – like the, the presidents and the ADs of the Pac-12 are very pretentious. It was the biggest problem. They didn't want to align themselves with schools that weren't as academically strong as them and didn't have all-around sports, um, you know, uh, departments. Like not just the revenue sports, football and basketball – like they didn't want to align with care about that swimming and like cross country and exactly. Yeah. So I mean, if you remember when Oklahoma and Texas left the Big Twelve, I guess, or announced they were leaving, I guess it was a year and a half or two years ago, a bunch of Big Twelve schools went to the Pac twelve at that time and wanted to merge with the Pac twelve, and the Pac twelve declined, and that was the specific problem. The Big Twelve would have dissolved two years ago if the Pac twelve had taken Oklahoma State and those other schools. But the Pac-12 presidents didn't want to align with those schools, and that's why. So they're screwed now because of that. They're hubris. Exactly. exactly. So as it's described, it's kind of like, I guess the way I've heard it is, conference realignment is a kill or be killed um, mentality, and it, it's hard to describe. I mean, have you heard of the Southwest Conference? Swack. No. So back in like 
up until maybe the early nineties or something, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. Oh, that was the, yeah. Okay. It was like all the Texas schools and the big 12 and then Arkansas and like the Oklahoma schools, very successful programs. That conference fell apart. I mean, do you remember the, do you remember the big East in the early two thousands? Oh yeah. So the big East still exists, but it's basically, it's basically basketball only and it's Creighton and Villanova and whatever. So weird. But at the time, at the time, the big East had the best basketball in the country. Oh, I, yeah. I, you UConn, can argue Georgetown and, yeah, like even um, wasn't St. John's even like, and... yeah, yeah, but they were like Syracuse, um, all that stuff, and even in football, Miami was like dominant at that time. Oh yeah, so they they but the, still the conference collapsed. So a lot, the management of the people involved is very important. The presidents, the ads, the the conference commissioner, those things really matter, and that's why the Pac-12 collapsed. So. Anyone that wants to talk shit about West Coast football, I would just remind you to, to look at the ESPN 300 and look at the recruits every year that come out. It's all California. It's like there's literally like seven to ten players from modern day every single year in the ESPN 300 recruiting rankings. St. John Bosco. Like, would you say that greater L.A. area is probably one of the top three recruiting hotbeds in the entire country? Oh, yeah. It's got I mean, forever for like everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would put Miami up there. I would put like Houston and like Dallas Fort Worth up there, but um, it just it bothers me so much. I, I don't know how much you want to listen to me preach about this stuff, but Go the, 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 the level of disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> but, but let me say this though. Um, so if you were still an ACC fan, um, I, which I guess you're not, the ACC is going to fall, and it's just a, it's just a matter of time. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't. It that, I thought that was like kind of on the wall for a while now, right? So yeah, basically what happened when the ACC, the way I understand it, when Maryland left for the Big Ten, it freaked them out because why would it, why would Maryland leave the ACC? It was just yeah. really weird. Um, so they signed a very long grant of rights agreement. So it's basically just the rights to broadcast their their sporting events. Um, oh. It goes through twenty thirty six. Okay. Oh so they're, they're and, and and basically they made the exit fee pro- prohibitively high. If I, if I recall correctly, I think it's maybe like 108 million exit fee. And even after you pay the 100 million, you still don't own your grant of rights and you would have to buy out your grant of rights. So if you want to leave the conference, it's really hard. And it's also tough. yeah, and they, they made it really hard to do because um it's basically legally airtight the way that I understand it. But Florida State has come out and said they they want to leave the conference straight up. They said that. Wow. But here's the fundamental problem. So the, the Big Ten and the SEC have huge fan bases. They're going to be making about sixty million a year from their grant of rights. The Big Ten, I mean, the, the ACC is making thirty nine million a year through twenty thirty six. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And the the Big Twelve is only making thirty two. Damn. So the Big Twelve, like, even though they took all these Pac twelve schools. They're not in great shape either. Those teams are going to – I guarantee you in a couple of years, those teams are going to want to leave. So I guess what I'm saying is, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty. The, the way the Pac-12 deal worked was it was kind of incentive-based. So they, they were guaranteed $25 million a school. It would probably be like 30 given um, incentives, and it could have been $50 million, but that would have been really hard to reach. But I don't know. I guess – I don't know how much um, 
how much else I have to say other than I'm really saddened by this. It's really uh, it's really sad that an entire region of the country doesn't even have its own conference anymore. This isn't what the fans want, and it, it's not based on performance or academics or even, for that matter, how cool these schools are. Like, if, if you were to send your kid to college, would you want your kid to go to fucking Indiana or Purdue? Or, do you, or would you want your kids to go to Washington or UCLA or fucking... Yeah, it'd be way cooler. Yeah. So... I don't know. If anyone listening to this podcast wants to argue conference strength, they can come at me. In addition to the non-revenue sports, okay, what are the three most popular sports in the country? Football, basketball, baseball, right? USC has the most baseball championships, UCLA the most basketball, and USC the second most football. So it's not just the the non-revenue sports. Yeah, that's that's hard to argue with. Yeah, so... Anyways, I uh, I guess I don't have anything else to say other than this is bullshit. Well, I mean, is this and, is the death of college sports? Or is college sports now, like, for instance, with the WNBA, like, it seems like some of these uh, female college players are making more money in college than they are in going pro, right? Yeah, dude. Like the um, – the Cavender Twins or whatever. Yeah, the right? like, Twins. Yeah, they're making tons of money on it. It's like they're. It, it's better for them to stay in college than go pro. So, like, how do we balance like the the collapse of like the cool parts of college sports with the reality of like, hey, maybe we're just in a completely new landscape that we're not really sure how to traverse at this moment, but could get more interesting in the future. Yeah, the NIL stuff is weird. I, I guess. Do you know Olivia Dunn, the gymnast from LSU? Oh yeah, she's making. She makes like a million dollars a year. Like I see her on ESPN. Million dollars a month. (laughs) Yeah, like yeah, I I don't even know how much it is, but I don't know. Sometimes I hear numbers and I just don't believe it. Um, But actually, you brought up a perfect point about going back to my my previous point about how is this what fans really want? Do you remember how we used to always play the NCAA football game on PlayStation Two when we were in college? Yeah. Do you know why that went away? Because Ed O'Bannon was mad they weren't getting paid for their their likeness in the video game. And so, um, you know, he won a court order, and then EA had to stop making the game. Now that NIL is back, the game is coming back next summer. But, you know, everyone has always said, well, athletes should be paid, athletes should be paid. Well, look, we didn't have the NCAA football game for a decade or whatever because of that, right? (laughs) But I guess going to your point, though, like, I don't really care that athletes are getting paid, and I don't think most people do despite the consternation before it happened. But, like, I mean, if you take Stanford and Cal, for example, so many of our Olympians come from those schools. They really do. Oh, and yeah. those those Olympic sports are not going to get funding anymore because football is subsidizing those programs. Oh, yeah. So true. now, like, if you if you care about, like, watching the Summer Olympics and the swimming and stuff, it like, it, that's going to be hurt. If you don't care, then so be it. But I'm just saying there's second order consequences to these things, right? Well, does that is that gonna like affect Title Nine or did that get struck down or what's what's the deal with that? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean it's funny because I think to be compliant with Title Nine you need to have equal um like resources for men and women's sports, right? Yeah. And so I remember Callum was Callum was contracted their baseball team just to comply with Title IX, basically. And that was a couple years ago. Um, 
I don't know. I don't think it'll. I don't think Title Nine will be affected because all the sports are are moving. It's not like Oregon and Washington are playing football in the Big Ten, but then volleyball, women's volleyball, is playing in the Pac-12 remnants or whatever. All the sports are going, so the travel is going to be so stupid. So actually, <laughs> Cal and Stanford, Cal and Stanford might join the ACC. Think about that, dude. Say you're like you're you have a daughter who's good at soccer and. All of her games, she has to fly across the east to the east coast to play North Carolina and like NC State and um, Boston College and stuff. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. So I guess everyone should kind of take a deep breath because I think four or five years from now they might realize this is stupid, and um, you know we need to realign this. But here's the thing that bothers me too: is some of the schools that moved to the the kind of power two before this latest round of realignment. Like yeah. Rutgers, for example. Why is Rutgers in the Big Ten? Does Rutgers have a better sports program than Stanford? No. So even their football team, Stanford's football team is better than Rutgers' football team. I guarantee you. So at some point, they're going to kick out these shitty programs and probably do like two major conferences with divisions that are more reasonable to cut down on travel. That's what I hope they do. Um, but – None of this is what the fans want or, or are asking for. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, it, it just really takes away the good, enjoyable, like, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's like, if this is accurate or not, but I feel like a loss of like tradition is, might be a sign of a, like, organiz- or like a civilization's downfall or like the start <laughs> of a down, you know, it's like when you try to get rid of all your traditions and things that like, people for most of time kind of all agreed on or thought were like, Hey, at least it's valuable in this way. Or we all agree that it helps us come together over this or whatever. Like to me, that's, that's probably not a good sign, but I'm sure everybody would have said, Oh, the same thing for the NIL when the NIL first came in. Cause I mean, we both thought like, to me it was like, Hey, I don't care if they get paid, but it, it, to say they get nothing is really, it is inaccurate. Like, the scholarships, the food, the room and board, all the stuff, like it, it's, it, that adds up. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, how many of the athletes can make a ton of money in college? Not many, right? Well, you know, that's what's funny is is if you look at I, – I read an article. It was the top 20 highest paid college athletes from NIL endorsements, name, image, and likeness. It was mostly women actually. So it was just like hotties that, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then it was quarterbacks. But I mean, to your point, yeah, there's, I don't, I don't think your average football player who's a backup, like left guard is making very much. The problem is where is the, the inducements part of it where, you know, Hey, come to Texas A&M and then we'll sign you, sign you to this NIL deal. But the problem is there was so little parity in college football to begin with anyways, that it couldn't really get any worse. You know, it was Alabama, Georgia every year anyways, getting all their recruits. So if Texas or te- that's a bad example, but say USC can induce some athletes to come to USC with some NIL deals. And then now they can compete with Georgia. What, that, is that a bad thing as a fan? Right. But but you brought up a good point about the loss of tradition. I mean, a lot of these rivalries are going to go away. Right. Yeah, that's sucks, um, man. Yeah, like USC fans love going to the Bay Area every year to play either Cal or Stanford, right? That, those games aren't going to happen anymore. 
even like the Rose Bowl, always the Pac-12, Big Ten. Um, you know, it used to be that the Rose Parade was on the same day of the game, and that's not the case anymore now because it's part of this, you know, playoff um, rotation of bowls where it's not always Pac-12, Big Ten. It could be, you know, SEC, Big Ten, or whatever. I mean, yeah, I guess we're kind of like old enough at this point that we these loss of traditions bother us. I don't know that your average college college student gives a fuck, but you know, it definitely does have an impact. I agree with you. Um, but I, I don't know. I just it bothers me too when these schools go to the Big Ten when the Big Ten has the most controversies out of any conference I've ever seen. Like, think about it, okay? Larry Nasser molesting gymnasts at Michigan State. Jerry Sandusky molesting boys at Penn State. Dr. Strauss at, at Ohio State doing the same thing. A doctor yeah. molesting the, the, the men wrestlers and stuff. Yeah. Dr. Anderson, who was the football uh, at Michigan, who was the football doctor, who was doing like unnecessary rectal exams on all the players and dude, stuff. I like, that. that was crazy. Dude, those are like four of the biggest controversies in the history of sports. I mean, in, in like, yeah, I mean, straight up. And then even recently, Northwestern has this huge bullying controversy that's going on right now. Um, a bunch of Iowa football players were got arrested for betting on their own games. <laughs> like, it, it's just, it's just one thing after another with with the Big Ten. Like, you know, you could say, okay, USC had OJ. I don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole right now, but <laughs> like, and, and look, USC had non-sports controversies. You know, like. Um, what was it, Operation Varsity Blues or whatever, you know, Lori Lightfoot and all that stuff. I guess it is sports-related because they were fake fake recruits. So, you know, whatever. But I, I would just say that, you know, the, the Big Ten, they can act like they're high and mighty, but they have the most egregious, immoral um, scandals in the history of sports in America, in my opinion. It's probably true. So, I mean, or at least at least like recent recent stuff, right? Well, yeah, I mean, if you just think about decades and decades of sexual abuse of young people, it's all Big Ten schools <laughs> from all the examples I just read to you. Yeah, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, well, we like the Midwest, you know? Yeah, so fuck the Big Ten. If you think you're cool because now you're part of this big two, you know, just because your fans support the teams because they have nothing else to do for entertainment in the Midwest doesn't mean your teams are good. You're not going to win titles the way the SEC does. Like, don't think you're on that level. That's my <laughs> point. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my conference realignment. Unless you have any uh, more, unless you have any more questions for me. No, I don't know. I just, you know, it. it yeah, it is interesting. I wonder if, uh, like, is it, if if the top earning NIL athletes were were women or female or girls or i don't even know what the like correct terminology is for college athletes or, or women but uh the athletes like would there ever be like a push to be like hey that's not fair like this falls under like the equality or like for some reason this is inequitable or whatever and hey now we need to make sure this everybody gets the same like is that going to happen you mean among other women on the same teams? No, I mean between men and women. Like, what if the women are way out earning the men? Well, I think what's happening is the top, very, very top are women because they're hot. And then, like, the other women don't make anything, right? 
And then the guys, like, a lot of guys make something, but not a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the quarterbacks and stuff make a lot. And then, you know, the other – if you're, like, a big-time defensive end and they want you to go to – you're a five-star and they want you to go to your school, you'll get a good – you know, you're making hundreds of thousands probably, right? I mean, couldn't but, somebody – like, can the top recruit just be like, I want, like, $12 million guaranteed for the for three years? So, actually, there was – um. have you heard of Jaden Rashada? No. He was a quarterback from the Bay Area where I'm from. And – um he was going to go to Florida and he literally was signing a contract for that. What, what, what was it? Um, gosh, it, I think he literally was going to sign a contract for 30 million for three years or something like that. Oh, but, but then it, he ended up not going there because um, it, it basically was bullshit and he wouldn't have made that much money. Um, let's see. Oh, it was only thirteen million. So he he basically was he was gonna get like thirteen million guaranteed to go to Florida for three years. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Wait, a lot then, of the numbers- then, think about how many guys bust and in, in the in the pros. Like, is it a better bet to like get your money when you go to college now? Like, you like is that going to be a favor? Because I I think that basketball is going to reconsider the uh, age of like require you know like being out of college or being out of high school and all that stuff for the draft. So actually, no, it wasn't part of the last CBA. So they signed the NBA signed a new collective bargaining agreement. I think a, a couple months ago, like two months ago or something. Oh, okay. Sure. And they didn't change, they didn't change the age limit. Oh, okay. All right. Well then rock on uh, college players, but uh, all right. Well, it was a great discussion. Uh, yeah, we did some deal there. I'll uh, we'll be back, man. And our pictures are going to be keep being fire. So,